from Tokyo, Japan, and Sterling in the United Kingdom. This is Down to Business English with your hosts Skip Montreux and Des Morgan. Hello, Des. Back so soon? Yeah, back in the flesh. Well, not that it isn't good to see you, but. I'm just not used to speaking with you so regularly. Well, for once, I have a lot to talk about. What with my recent relocation to China and the starting of a new job. Are you still in quarantine over there in China, or are you now free to walk the streets? I'd have to answer those questions with a yes and a yes. Wait a minute. You can walk around outside. But you are still in quarantine. How how is that even possible? Well,、um, I'm in the next stage of quarantine, which means I still can't enter the university campus, and I'm still being tested for COVID daily. But I am allowed to go outside with the proviso that I avoid busy places. Oh, and I still have to wear a mask. Ah, so we could call this some kind of what soft quarantine then? Yeah, I guess that's a good way to describe it. All right, Des, let's have it. I want to hear all about your first impressions of China. Oh, where to start? My first impression yesterday, when I travelled from Dalian, which is in the north, to Changsha, which is in the south, was what a vast, interconnected country this really is. Vast and interconnected. Yeah, but. You come from the tiny island of Great Britain. Everything must seem vast to you. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> What I mean is that at the airport in Dalian, there was just one solitary foreign aircraft,、mm. and all the rest were domestic carriers. They are all heading somewhere. Was Dalian a busy airport? Not exceptionally so. I guess there were flights taking off and landing maybe every twenty minutes or so. And it was exactly the same pattern when we changed planes in Jinan. One lonely foreign aircraft among all of the domestic carriers. Hmm. Interesting observation. And in both cases, the foreign carrier was an ANA flight. ANA, all Nippon Airlines out of Japan. Great airline.、Mm, I would agree. I had some great flights with ANA. But getting back to China, Skip. Have a guess. How many Chinese-owned airlines are there operating in China at the moment? Domestically or internationally? Both. Hmm. I would guess maybe around twenty. Try doubling that. Forty? There are forty airlines. Forty-five to be exact, and twenty-one of those began operations just in the last twenty years. Wow, that is some amazing growth. Any other observations? Well, one last one before we get into our story. And what would that be? I went to the supermarket for the first time yesterday with a Chinese colleague. She bought a few items and then went to the self-checkout counter. She scanned the items she bought, and then she used, get this, facial recognition to scan her face, and that is how she paid. You're kidding! No credit card, no smartphone app. Nope. She just scanned her face and off she went. Yeah, that's it. Wow, that's that's both super cool and super scary at the same time. I must admit that I thought something similar too. 
So, Des, do you have a story for us from China? I sure do. As many of our listeners may well know, it was the Chinese Communist Party National Congress meeting from October 16th to October 22nd. Oh, that's right. And it's a really important event because this only happens once every five years. And this is what you'll be reporting on today. It sure is. Oh, great. So let's do it. Let's get D2B down to business with the 20th National Congress of the Chinese Communist Party. So, Des, what is this event all about? The National Congress of the Chinese Communist Party, or NCCCP for short. NCCCP. Well, it's not that short. Well, it's shorter than the full title. True. The NCCCP is a meeting held every five years where party delegates have policy discussions and select members to serve on the Central Committee for the following five years. And what exactly is the Central Committee? It's the government body made up of the top decision makers in the party. But the ultimate top decision maker is President Xi Jinping. Yes, he is the top dog, no doubt. And he opened this year's Congress on the 16th of October with a two-hour speech given in the Great Hall of the People in Beijing. And how many delegates were in attendance? Around 2,300, according to reports. And at the top of most delegates' list of concerns was the continued restrictions on travel internationally and domestically. Something you experienced firsthand. Yes, as I've mentioned, I was under a strict solitary confinement for 10 days and then a further four days with a bit more freedom. Now, was the 14-day quarantine because you had arrived from overseas? Yes, um, that's partially true. 10 days was because I arrived from overseas, but the four additional days were imposed by the Hunan province because I'd flown in from Dalian, which is in another province. Oh, so when traveling domestically in China from one province to another, people are required to quarantine for four days. Not all um, provinces are four days, but four days seems to be typical. And... Did the party announce any relaxation of quarantine regulations? None. None at all? None. Um, in his opening speech, Xi Jinping announced the continuation of the zero COVID policy, which means in simple terms, the measures will not be lifted until there are zero new cases of COVID. Well, that is going to be a very hard policy to follow through with. There were a few more major topics that she dealt with in his opening speech. And they were? The first issue everyone noticed was actually something he omitted saying. Hmm. An issue from Xi's opening speech was something he didn't say. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense, Dad. Even though he didn't mention it, everyone pretty much expects that Xi Jinping's third term in office will be announced at some point in the future. And judging by the type of language he used about the things he did say in his speech, it doesn't sound like he's stepping down anytime soon. And 
that is significant in some way. Very significant. It will be the first time since Mao Zedong that a Chinese leader has remained in office for more than two terms. Oh, is that right? Those are some illustrious footsteps that Xi Jinping follows. Even today, Chairman Mao is a name that is known worldwide. Oh, true enough. China used to have a two-term limit in much the same way as the United States does. However, in 2018, at the Communist Party Central Committee, under Xi's influence, they abolished this rule, thus enabling him to stand for a third term at some point in the future. An issue that Xi Jinping actually mentioned in his speech, however, was Taiwan. Yes, Taiwan, a topic that everyone around the world is keenly interested in. What did she say? His basic message was that although China will try to reunify with Taiwan by peaceful means, if that proves impossible, then China does not, and never will, rule out the use of force. That is extremely concerning. And not just for the nations in the region, I think, but for the whole world. There has been tension between the United States armed forces in that region and the Chinese Air Force and Navy for a very long time. This will just increase the level of alertness and preparation for military forces on both sides. Well, let's hope that some way can be found that does not lead to confrontation. I second that. Were there any other issues mentioned or implied in Xi Jinping's opening address? Yes, and this one is much more positive. Xi Jinping noted the blue skies over Beijing on the opening day of the Congress. He pointed out the great strides that China is making towards reducing pollution in its cities. Great strides? Don't be so sceptical, Skip. I can attest to that. How? Here in Changsha, I immediately noticed how many electric vehicles there are on the road compared to the UK. Oh, uh, there are more in China? <sighs> yes, absolutely. The taxi that I took back to the hotel this afternoon was entirely electric. And the driver told us that one battery charge is enough to last him for a whole day of driving. You spoke to the taxi driver? I didn't know you spoke Chinese, Des. <laughs> oh no, my Chinese language ability is uh, non-existent, well at least for now. Um, I was with a Chinese colleague who fortunately translated for me. I see. So, Taiwan, the environment. She's not mentioning a third term. Did anything else of note come up during the Congress? There was another point which was also omitted, or at least postponed, and that was the release of economic figures for the second quarter. Of course, the economy. The general consensus among journalists and analysts is that the economic figures will not be that good. So the Communist Party doesn't want them to be released while the Congress is in progress. Well, that's understandable. If, as you say, the figures are below expectations, 
it would only be natural for the party to release numbers after the Congress concludes. And I would certainly agree with the analysts here. The Chinese economy is nowhere near as hot as it was before COVID. And Beijing's target for an economic growth rate of 5.5% is probably out of reach with the zero COVID policy in place. And there are a host of other economic challenges the country faces. There is one silver lining to that, though. Okay, and what would that be? You, my friend. You will have many business topics to report on from China while you are there. Um, Yeah, I suppose so. And on that note, I think it's time for us to get D2V down to vocabulary. find down to business english useful in your english studies would you like to support the show consider becoming a d2b member today down to business english memberships come with three great benefits first d2b members receive bonus content in the form of exclusive members only episodes second Within moments of a new episode being released, an audio script is automatically emailed to you. There is no need for D2B members to go through the time-consuming process of visiting the website, logging into their account, locating an episode, and then downloading the audio script file. And third, D2B members have 100% access to the entire library of audio scripts. All the way from Season 1, Episode 1, right up to the most recently released episode. Interested in becoming a member? Just visit the Down to Business English website and click on the membership link at the top of the page. Let's get the D2V ball rolling with the noun proviso. A proviso is a condition or qualification attached to an agreement that has been made. In the report, Des said that during his soft quarantine, he was allowed to go outside with the proviso that he wore a mask and avoided busy places. In other words, I could go outside, but only if I was masked up and didn't go near any crowded shops or supermarkets. I'd like to point out that proviso is a very British saying. It is? Ah, well, I don't think I have ever in my entire life used the word proviso. What would you say instead? Well, a more North American way of saying proviso would be the expression with the provision. So I could say I could go outside with the provision that I wore a mask? That's exactly what I would say. But I love the sound of proviso. Can you give us another example? Sure. When a small business owner is selling his or her company, it's common practice for them to add the proviso that the new owner must keep the current staff on in order to protect their jobs. I think that is a very reasonable proviso. It seems like it would be the right thing to do. Next, we have the verb to omit, which means to leave out or not mention. In my report, I said 
that the topic of Xi Jinping's third term was emitted from the opening speeches even though everyone knew this was likely to be the case. So nobody said anything about it. It was not mentioned. In a business situation, when you are offered a job and your new employer gives you a contract to sign, it is really, really, really important to check that contract thoroughly. You need to make sure that none of the working conditions that you had agreed to have been omitted from the final contract. Absolutely. Check, check, and check again, I say. Have you had any personal experiences with this, Des? I have. Uh, uh, sadly, on more than one occasion. So have I. It's very interesting how some companies try to pull a fast one on new employees. Uh, I can't speak to that. Um, in my experience, they were simply a case of misunderstandings between the two parties. <laughs> you are very generous. Moving on, our next word is the adjective illustrious. When you describe someone as illustrious, you are saying they are well-known, admired, and respected for what they have accomplished. In the story, Skip commented that Xi Jinping would be following in the illustrious footsteps of Mao Zedong if he stays on as president for a third term. I did make that comment. I was saying that Xi Jinping would be following the widely known and respected Chairman Mao. Luxury car makers are often described as illustrious. Oh, that is very true. Bentley and Rolls-Royce are two illustrious car makers from the UK. Right, Des? Yes, they are. Beautiful machines and well out of my price range. I second that. And that is our next vocabulary item. To second something. If you say, I second that, in response to a statement someone makes, you're saying that you agree with the speaker and you give them your full support. In the story, Des said that he hoped the situation over Taiwan would be concluded without conflict. I fully agreed with him, so I reacted by saying, I second that. This expression is particularly useful in business meetings. When one person in the meeting makes a statement that you want to support, you show this by adding, I second that. Now that Liz Truss has resigned as British Prime Minister, whoever takes over for her as leader of the Conservative Party, they will need to call an election as soon as possible. I second that. There is no possible way the Conservatives really should continue without getting a new mandate from the public. Our final word on D2V today is the noun consensus. A consensus is a general agreement among the majority of a group. In the story, Des commented that the consensus between experts was that economic figures for China's last quarter will not be as strong as was hoped. I was saying that most experts agree that China's economy is not doing as well as it has done. Listen to this model dialogue using consensus in a business setting. In this example, my colleague has missed the weekly staff meeting and he is now asking me for an update on what was discussed. 
Skip, you may have noticed that I wasn't in this morning's staff meeting. Yeah, Des, I did notice that. Where were you? You missed some really heated discussions. Ugh, car trouble. I ended up having to take a taxi here today. Anyway, what happened in the meeting? The entire meeting focused on the new KPIs that were introduced last quarter. And? Well, everyone had something to say. And the consensus was that these new key performance indicators are ineffective and don't match our company's long-range vision. (laughs) I would second that. So are they going to adjust the KPIs for next quarter? That decision will be made in next week's meeting. So don't miss it. Don't worry, I will be sure to be there for that one. Great. Hey, if your car isn't repaired by then, let me know. And I will give you a ride into work that day. Would you like to support Down to Business English? Help D2B reach more people wanting to improve their business English skills. Be sure to subscribe to Down to Business English on Apple Podcasts or any place podcasts are found. While you are there, why don't you leave a rating and a review? Down to Business English. Business news to improve your business English. Sorry, Skip, breaking news. What is that, Des? I just got a BBC bulletin on my smartphone that Xi Jinping has been re-elected as party secretary for an unprecedented third straight term. Okay, so it's official. Good to know. It is official. Well, thank you for that snapshot of what happened at the 20th National Congress of the Communist Party of China. You are most welcome, Skip. And thank you for your observations of life in China. (laughs) Making a purchase with a face scan, that's a new one for me. When I get up and running and have a Chinese phone number and an Alipay account, I'll send you a picture of me paying with my face. I look forward to seeing that and hearing about what it's like living in Changsha. I suspect you have some pretty big adventures awaiting you. I'm pretty sure I do. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next time. Bye for now. Have a comment or question about today's show? Don't be shy. Visit the D2B website or Facebook page and post any comments or questions there. Skip, Des, or Samantha will be sure to leave a reply. Down to Business English. Business news to improve your business English.